Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're uh, south of the Twin Cities in Rochester, Minnesota, and our guest today, Stephen J. Schmidt. We'll talk with him and his musical prowess and acumen and talents, et cetera, and well, just as art. You know, you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part. But somehow, after two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Your emotions and flair have waned. Disagree more. You start feeling disillusioned at times. And it's this period of disappointment that can last a long time, even years. That's usually when couples seek out therapists to help develop better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better, it offers exercises to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever, it's not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And if you do these exercises together, apply the lessons learned, you will absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like forever, two years after forever. 30-year therapist Mike Pollard is the author, twoyearsafterforever.com, and available at Amazon today and forever. Our guest, Stephen J. Schmidt, not Steve Schmidt, not Stephen Schmidt, not a whole bunch of people. We're just going to talk about who you are and not who you aren't, right? Okay. Very good. And you're in Rochester, Minnesota, but we found out we've, the, it's kind of fun having these pre-interview conversations because we have like cross paths in so many, so many towns. One story I didn't tell you, uh, when I was in college, I was in a fraternity and my nickname was the Bradley Cowboy because of something <laughs> that happened at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, <laughs> which ironically is where I was born. But you did some time in Bradley, but where were you born originally? Where were you from? I was born in Jacksonville, Illinois, and uh, but where I was that? just, well, that's a little bit west of, uh, of Peoria. Uh -huh. And so, uh, but I was there, that's when I was very, very young. That's when I was a baby. Um, I was a university brat, so we moved a lot, um, mm -hmm. like every two years. Um, university brats are a lot like army brats that way. And so I was in Jacksonville for a very short time. The same thing with Peoria. Uh-huh. Um, when I think of uh, a hometown, that's tough for me to do because yeah. I've lived all over the country. Um, and so um, I think uh, I'm a Midwestern heart, let's say that. That works really good. Midwestern heart with an old, old, old soul, right? There you, there you go. A, a well-seasoned a well -seasoned soul. Well, my, my daughter has an old soul too, and she's considerably younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, but old soul works really, really well too. So uh, what's your pedigree? What's your background? I'm looking, this is audio only, so people can't see, but I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven acoustic guitars. Just what I see, not including what else you might have. Well, these are my friends and my tools. Um, and uh, um, in terms of pedigree, I'd say that um, I was destined to do this work as an artist. Um, my uh, mom's father was uh, an accordion player uh, who uh, toured uh, professionally in Wisconsin with polka bands. Uh, my dad's dad was a professional puppeteer. And so, oh, wow. Um, uh, I have a great uncle who was a well-known American artist, a visual artist. Um, and so, um, I was destined to be involved in the arts. Um, mm -hmm. um, uh, I, uh, started playing, uh, the guitar, um, uh, like when kids usually did, you know, uh, in middle school yeah. and, uh, and, uh, increasingly got better. My grandfather actually hired me to open for his puppetry uh, shows when he was working for the Chicago Park District. Wow. And I got to hang out at uh, like the Old Town School of Folk Music. In fact, it was one backyard over. And so wow. as a kid, I used to be able to go in there and I'd look at players come in there and I'd say, can I steal that chord? <laughs> uh, 
And so that's kind of where some of that wonder was really developed, listening mm -hmm. to some players in Chicago in those summers. Um, who was your uh, who was your inspiration back then when you first started? Who would you list? Like you're talking teens, middle school, early teens. Who are your influences that you would listen to? Well, I was influenced by, even at that time, Pete Seeger, who later on in life I actually met and knew and worked with when I was on the sing-out board. Um, the people who used to play around uh, the uh, Old Town School of Folk Music, you know, um, uh, the names would escape me at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've had so many musical influences. Um, you know, my day job was working as an arts administrator. I was a talent buyer. I was a concert uh, promoter. Um, oh, wow. And so I've been fortunate to have met so many artists across so many genres over the years. Um, I came up uh, managing a coffee house in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where I went to college and uh, played every show. Um, I was the MC and host and uh, I was a Garrison Keillor type, but I wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to play um, with with all these artists um, and all of my friends, and yeah. uh, um, uh, and began writing songs seriously and playing other venues at that point in time when I was in college. But then you know you face that fork in the road. Um, yeah. You want to chase that musical dream and uh, move to Nashville or New York or LA? Or do you wanna put food on the table and uh, make sure that uh, um, your new wife uh, has a roof over her head? <laughs> and so I opted uh, for um, a real paycheck. But it's interesting that with each one of those jobs that I had, I was able to meet various artists from various genres that I would work with. I'd get to hang out with them. I'd get to to play with them and learn from them. Um, uh, I'd get to sit in when um, sidemen uh, that were booked didn't show up, for example. Uh, um, uh, when I was in graduate school, uh, Dewey Belfa was booked uh, to do a, a show uh, at uh, what was then called Sangamon State University. And I was working uh, as a stage manager there. And uh, um, um, they said, well, we can't do this show. Our guitar player's not here. And I said, well, I'm a guitar player. And uh, well, that's pretty a, confident. <laughs> with, 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 well, and with a rehearsal, I mean, Dewey said, mon dieu, he plays like he's from Acadia. <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to um, book Kathy Fink, who is... Um, the best banjo player alive um, when it comes to, to, to frailing. Um, and I had the opportunity to sit in and accompany her when uh, there were some challenges associated with a residency that I had booked her for. And uh, learning from her and uh, maintaining a relationship with her and the doors that she opened for me uh, are just incredible. Uh, I owe her, for example, such a huge debt. It's because of her that I met Pete Seeger, for example. Uh -huh. Um, when did I've you start, able... when did you start writing? Um, well, you know, I thought I was a writer early on. Right. Okay. Um, um but some people develop later. Some people just want to play. Some people just want to play music. I've got a friend of mine in Arkansas that does all instrumental guitar. Fascinating. Fascinating. Taught himself everything, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, and, uh, mm -hmm. I could listen to his music for hours. I can't name one song, you know? <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh, he finally, he, uh, on the podcast he, we were on earlier this year, he was on with me, and he said he actually sang in one of his songs. Now he put lyrics to it and sang it. How about that? No, so that's why, no. that's why I'm asking. I mean, some people just I, I've tried writing, and <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, I got to say that now that I'm retired from a day job, you know, uh, um, um, I ended up spending 33 years as a the uh, general manager and artistic director of uh, the city of Rochester Civic Music Department that was also known as Riverside Concerts. 
and uh, we did uh, concerts small and large, um, uh -huh. from big outdoor festival gigs to small residency work in rural elementary schools around uh, this part of the state of Minnesota. Um, and so, um, but now that I'm retired, um, I've been revisiting some music that I wrote when I was a kid, when uh -huh. I was in high school. And I gotta say that musically, there were some really good kernels there, right? Yeah. You know, the words were, you know, full of that angst that you would have, but musically, hey, I can use that today. And I have. And so now that I'm retired and I'm able to spend full time on my own music making, um, I'm breathing new life into songs that I would have written when I was in high school and college. Right. And creating new work from kernels that are way back uh, in the day. And it's interesting how some of those things stick with you. You know, you ask about, you know, what kind of things did you listen to when I was a kid in Chicago working on the playground? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, my grandfather taught me, you know, um, play party games. He also played a little guitar. And he, and he would teach me play party games that he used to do when he was a uh, doing labor organizing work and he was doing puppetry and that type of work. And, yeah. uh, um, and so that influenced me, you know, uh, Peter, Paul and Mary, uh, Bob Dylan, um, the popular music from back in that day. Um, sure. a lot of birds, that Arlo Guthrie, Woody Guthrie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, um, because I've listened to so much music and, uh, worked with so many artists, um, uh, from various genres, um, it's hard to nail me down in terms of one genre that I'm I'm working in, um, because you know, for a um, a finger picker who uses his thumb pick like a flat pick, okay, uh -huh. that's that's yeah. how I describe my plan. Okay, that's pretty um, unique. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, there 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 players are play. They go, how do, how do you do that? Um, um, you know, uh, Danny Neal, uh, who I've, uh, a, gr a great player, uh, great Americana player from the Twin Cities who uh, has been on my records. You know, he said to my wife at one of our sessions, he goes, how does he do that? What's he doing? How does he do that? And I go, and she says, I don't know, ask him. And he says, how do you do that? I go, I don't know. It just happens. It just, you know? it just happens. And so, it just happens. It was the old uh, Flip Wilson line, devil made yeah. me do it, right? <laughs> well, you know, I got this crazy thumb that does this stuff while I'm finger picking. So it's kind of crazy. Anyway, um, um, uh, I, you know, how many guys that really kind of think that they came up like in the folk tradition, listening to folk music, you know, you know, you know, add ninth uh, notes to their chords and uh, use suspended um, jazz fingerings uh, in some of their chord progressions up the neck, um, you know, unless they're doing, you know, like a Western swing stuff where that was, that was, you know, part of that craft. But, you know, um, all those, um influences uh inform and enter into my music uh, so uh the first of your songs we're going to listen to uh hans painted with flowers tell us the evolution of that song did that just come to you one day did you were you writing with imagery did you decide you know a guy named hans I and mean, how what's the the metamorphosis of that um, the, um, the guitar part, um, was a lick that I had been playing with for years. Um, and I was actually, uh, um, at a songwriting retreat and, uh, was given some time to just focus on writing a song and, um, the words just started to come to me because the, the pedigree of the song is this. My great-great-grandfather was a well-known German artist in academia. Mm -hmm. His son, Hans, was supposed to follow in his footsteps as a painter. Oh, well. 
Um, but he didn't want to do that because he wanted to get married. And so then he left Germany and he went to uh, Hungary to marry his love. And there, to make money, he became a gardener. Oh, wow. <laughs> he became, he became well-known as a gardener. This story, Hans Painted with Flowers, is actually the true story of how my grandfather Hans, my great-grandfather Hans, um, immigrated to the U.S. Um, and how I learned this story is that I knew that my great-grandfather worked as a professional gardener in the Milwaukee area. And I knew that he painted a little bit. But I didn't know how well known of an artist he was until one day when my parents gave me one of his paintings and taped to the back of it was an envelope with news articles from um, um, the, the, the newspapers about what a great painter he was. And so this song is actually true. Um, my grand Great, my grandfather Hans was an illegal alien. He immigrated illegally into the U.S. near El Paso, Texas. Oh, you're kidding. I'm serious. And how long ago? <laughs> well, I mean, this would have been, uh, you know, 80, two generations ago. 85. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he was my grandfather. I mean, right. I'm a grandfather. Right. So, uh, and so it's just yeah. ironic that. You know, that's one of the crossing points now on the southern border that we talk about or that they talk about on the news, you know, yeah, El Paso. And, and I worked in El Paso for five years. Oh, that's right. And that's I, right. And I had and I had no idea that yeah. they had a farm and they went bust. And so they had to move to Milwaukee and they moved to Milwaukee. And my grandfather, great grandfather was a was 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 a gardener for a, a famous brewing family. And he won all kinds of prizes and ribbons. And, and so the, it just came to me that. Hans paints with flowers. It's a beautiful image. And then it, it traces his life to when um, he could no longer garden. Mm -hmm. And he took up painting again. Wow. And that's when he created these flowers, uh, the, the, these, these wonderful pa uh, paintings. That yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I found, you know, one of the newspaper things a little odd calling him you know, Wisconsin's Grandpa Moses. That's a lyric that ends up in, in the song because, I mean, he, he really wasn't like Grandma Moses. That wasn't his style of painting. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, then he won all kinds of awards as a painter. So, um, Well, I guess so, maybe the, the reference was that later in life and he picked up painting again. That's right. right? And, yeah. and it's interesting that, you know, if, if you listen carefully to the lyrics... Um, it tells the story about how he didn't want to follow in the family business. He didn't mm -hmm. want to be a painter and he had to study with his dad because that's what everybody had to do. Right. Right. And he said, no, I'm going to be this rolling stone and I'm going to get married and I'm going to then immigrate to the U S with my family. And I'm going to make my way as a gardener. I can't garden anymore. And he's, what am I going to do? <laughs> he picks up painting and it was the craft that his father actually yeah. taught him all those years ago. An incredible story. And we have to hear it now. So our guest, Stephen J. Schmidt from Rochester, Minnesota. And we're going to listen to this first song, Hans, Painted with Flowers. On his own 
from Leipzig to Budapest to Texas until he made Milwaukee his home. He put away his brushes and his palette to marry the girl of his dreams. They started a family, though just barely out of their teens. He became a gardener for those who had money and more. But with war at the doorstep, they fled with other souls from the horror. They entered the country in the usual unlawful way. They couldn't clear Ellis Island. A club foot got in their way. Somehow they made El Paso and farmed by the old Rio Grande till the crops failed and they had to abandon their land. Then Tending gardens for brewers and for bankers, planting flowers and trees by the score. He became the master, his nursery beds were his domain. Prizes and ribbons The moguls all knew his name As time passed, his wife was departed, and his children left him on his own. He practiced his trade in Pewaukee, till finding his place at the home. His heart and his knees had grown weary, no longer to dig in the dirt. He picked up his brushes and his palette to paint for all it was worth. Wisconsin's Grandpa Moses
Painted with Flowers. Our guest today is Stephen J. Schmidt from Rochester, Minnesota, here on the Music of America podcast, the jingle that hits like a single. That's the slogan they use at Jingle Lingo, an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business and make it stand out above the crowd. Think of all those musical jingles you may have heard through the years, right? Who wrote those? Who came up with that jingle? Well, Jingle Lingo can and will put your business into a higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs. Jingle Lingo, custom made and custom designed for you and by you with the help, of course, of the talents and accomplished singer and songwriter, Courtney Davis Jackson. Check them out today and get to work on your own personalized music jingle from Jingle Lingo, www.jinglelingo.com. Jingle Lingo. The jingle that hits like a single. Ironic that I have to throw a commercial in there about the commercialization of music when off camera we were talking about music today. <laughs> Our guest is Stephen J. Schmidt, and uh, Stephen and I grew up in the same era of music, and I think a lot of our influences are, sound like they're real similar with me. It was like uh, back then he was Cat Stevens, but you uh -huh. know, Cat Stevens, America, Poco, uh, 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 Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, uh, Simon & Garfunkel, Dylan. I mean, Dylan was low on my list of people I listened to because I was surrounded by these other artisans, poets that put their music, uh, put put their poems to music. I only rediscovered Dylan recently. And I, I rediscovered Dylan and, and, and the Beatles about the same time. So I'm like reliving my youth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to talking, Stephen and I got to talking about today's music so let's hear what you think about today's music versus the music we grew up and that inspired us i find um in 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 some cases that um for me a lot of what, I, what i've observed is that music is becoming um the background of people's lives um um, they're not really engaging the music there. Uh, and so a lot of the music is written um, so that it can serve that function. Um, music that moved me um, 
And I hope that my music moves people this way because there's craftsmanship in the guitar playing. Mm -hmm. It isn't just strumming. It is that uh, the guitar work is intentionally done to accompany the voice. And speaking of the voice, the lyrical content um, is, 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 is really important. And um, as an artist, what's difficult for me, um, speaking really honestly, is getting gigs. I mean, since, you know, you and I grew up at about the same time and yeah. we look well-seasoned, right? We're, we don't look like one of the cool kids, okay? Um, <laughs> well, and, it depends and, on what other cool kids you're hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've got no desire to be one of the cool kids. Right. Um, and I need to play in venues where um, um, people will actually sit down and listen and tune in to the music. You know, talking about, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, who yep. influenced, influenced both of us, okay? Right. Um, remember on Four Way Street where they were saying, hey, hey, everybody, you got to be cool. This is wooden music. That's okay? right. That's right. That's right. I forget okay? about that. That's right. And so, you know, I, I like to think of my music as wooden music influenced by the tradition. Okay. Oh, wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. And, and that has uh, evolved beyond just, you know, traditional American folk music to include, um, you know, um, jazz figures playing up the neck um, 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 and finger picking in a different way mm -hmm. and trying to meld, um, you know, some, some Celtic tunings and picking patterns with uh, a Midwestern hearts lyrical content. Um, well, I mean, there are exceptions. I mean, there are artists who are successfully trying to do music and they, because they may have already established, um, themselves as artists, they do get listened to and people are serious mm -hmm. about them. But, um, you know, having worked in the music business as a professional, uh, for all those years, um, how, um, the death of local radio and regional radio mm -hmm. um and so then the homogenization of of, of of so much um um i mean who, who you know i hate to be cynical but it really is it's about the money and about the ratings about the it's about the money right. it's about the ratings and what consultant is going to what consultant in their right mind is going to be the one that goes out and says do something different than everybody else. The one that does that and gets people to listen to him will be the one that's sitting on a pound, sitting atop a mountain of cash, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so much, there's so much fear and there's so right. much corporate influence now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been told, well, the only way Steve, you're ever really going to make it is uh, if you move to Nashville and you basically collaborate with a, uh, um, and they say collaborate with a country artist that's made it to do mm -hmm. your songs. What they're really talking about is giving up your rights to your song and right. letting, letting that country artist own your song. And I go, no. Um, part of the reason I don't get gigs as a player is that I don't do covers. Right. I don't, right. You do I don't, your own stuff. I do my own stuff. Um, um, I mean, I can do covers. I, I could do whole shows of covers. Um, mm -hmm. Um, I, I do a workshop of uh, how um, um, music from my youth um, influenced my songs. And I've even got a little bit about, you know, this is the way Gordon Lightfoot really should have done this song. Uh -huh. listen, listen to the way Gordon did it. Now listen to the way I did it. How right. is it different? And why is it different? And it's how we make this music our own and right. give it life and then share it with others. I have a, a guest from up in Anchorage and she said something, her sister actually said something we were talking about music and covers. And she asked her sister once, why don't you ever write any music of your own? She goes, there's so much great music out there to be reinterpreted. Isn't that a neat concept? You know, well, and, and that's a cool concept. If she makes it her own, right? if she makes it her own, right. if she makes it her own, um, you know, when I look at the number of performing arts venues, um, where I thought that there might be a market for me, small performing arts venues, and I've done some, okay. Mm -hmm. But I look at the number of 
tribute bands, cover bands that they hire because they got to make money. Um, um, it's all being driven by the dollar and the art doesn't matter so much anymore. Right. And I find that disappointing. Um, and so, you know, when you're able to do a house concert or a listening room yeah. or a small performing arts center, we're really able to connect with an audience, look them in the eye and not have to um, shout over um, the beer being spilled in a brew. Right. You know? You'll love this story. You'll love this story. She'll be a guest coming up in Vermont. Her name is Myra Flynn. She, uh, uh, she's local in Vermont, but she's dual resident. She's here in, in Los Angeles. Okay. We went to see her at a winery. I'm in Vermont. So it's a college town. So college kids at a winery, you can imagine that. Uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to do it justice. I wish I was recording that night because what she did was commanded the room to be quiet in such a, a way. Uh, what's, what's the Fogelberg line, a thundering velvet hand. You know, <laughs> and and she said, you know, they they hired us to come and entertain you. So what we do is we write songs that we think will entertain you. We practice those songs and we perform those songs for you. So this is our gift to you. And when you're talking over us, then it's like you don't like our gift. And I'm sorry if you don't like our gift. So please come up and tell me about that. But please don't disrespect the work that we've done to try and present this gift for you. And that's. 10 times harsher than how she said it. But that room was silent the rest of the night and people got to hear the lyrics behind roses, you know, or wow. any number of her songs that she continued to play. I mean, obviously I'm passionate about her art anyway, but how she commanded the room to say, listen to the music. Don't let me be background here. You know? Yep. Yep, and absolutely. that's where the art really comes to surface. But why do you have to fight for it? That, I know. I've had to quiet rooms before, too. And then but what I found when I've had to do that is that you don't get asked back. Yeah. Because if uh, they're not loud, they're not drinking. Um, back to the money not, thing, right? That's the money thing. There you go. Yeah. It's it's like a like a like a witch in the in the reeds, you know? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> now that's an interesting story. Let's well, so the next song is called Witch in the Reed. So let's hear the story about that. Cause I, I love your storytelling and I love how you tell your tell, you tell stories with music. So let's hear the story behind this before we hear the song. Uh, well, um, uh, let me say that, you know, I've been uh, taken with, uh, you know, the work of, uh, you know, um, 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 some Celtic artists, and um, um, Stan Rogers, you know, when he was alive, um, uh, and, and, and still um, some of his music. And, uh, and some of the musical things from The Witch of the Reeds are um, uh, based in some of, of that music. Um, and the story is inspired by um, a tune called The Witch of the Westmoreland. I kind of wanted to do something that was equal to that. Uh -huh. And so um, my wife and I, Liz and I, um, um, have a summer place uh, down near La Crosse, Wisconsin. And it's a beautiful area that's filled with, um, uh, it's, it, it, it's the Mississippi River mm -hmm. and, and the coolies. Um, and you think of, for, for folks that don't know what a coolie is, a coolie um, um, was formed by the melting of the glaciers. The glaciers didn't get to that part of Wisconsin and Minnesota and uh, Iowa. Um, and they call it the driftless region uh, for that reason. And these valleys are called coolies. And I was always taken by how the mist would hang by our summer place. Um, and um, um, I just said, wow, you know, there's this song coming. And the Witch of the Reeds just sort of popped out of this mist that I was envisioning along the Mississippi. Um, and this story 
of how this witch could breathe new life into troubled souls. And I envisioned these two veterans and what they had been through and what they did during the war. And that would have been our war, the Vietnam mm -hmm. War. Yeah. And how and why the witch chose to save one of them, but didn't save the other. Wow. And how the survivor was thankful to the witch, but he could never leave the coulee again to go to the river because of the power of this witch and the echoes that he heard in his head of his friend who the witch took below. That's so cool. <laughs> That's what my grandson would say. That's so cool. So yeah, <laughs> uh, love the setup, man. Uh, we're going to give it a listen. The song, The Witch of the Reeds, Stephen J. Schmidt on the Music of America podcast. Oh, wait. 
my pain. But I also hear half wailing, she's still towing him under. I'll never leave the coolie again. Music of America podcast inviting Stephen J. Schmidt with us. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. And we're going to get back and talk with Stephen in one more second or so and talk about another song. First, though, I want to talk about this custom-made, handmade guitar that I have. I named her Margaret. With the tonal quality of a name-brand high-end guitar, which shall remain nameless, uh, this baby fits my hand perfectly with the mahogany neck, glides easily when I play it, but what I love most is that low-end sustain. I think it's still ringing from the first open E chord I played when uh, uh, Joe Mendel handed it over to me. Now, Joe Mendel, one of our sponsors here on the Music of America podcast, handmade this for me. It's the spruce body that gives it its resonance and its sustain. It's a beautiful looking, beautiful sounding guitar, all handmade for me by Joe Mendel, Joe Mendel's Frets. Check him out, joemendelsfrets.com. The show goes by so fast. And uh, one of the things I like to bring up here is when I see a title of a song, it triggers something with me. I had a lady on with a song called Under Pressure, and I immediately thought of the Queen David Bowie song. And, uh, oh, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So when I saw your song list, uh, the third song we're going to listen to, Time Goes So Slowly. Well, first of all, not in this show, because you just paint beautiful pictures with your storytelling. And I can't wait to have you back to talk about other songs and other pieces of bodies of work that you've done. But I immediately thought of the Righteous Brothers, and Time Goes By So Softly. What's the song? Unchained Melody? Is that Unchained Melody? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, maybe he did something with that. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> you just made it. Uh, made your own out of a phrase that's kind of remotely connected. But that's something I like to do with this when I get these songs and I'll say, ah, I wonder wonder how they've done that because i'm really as we talked earlier i really like how somebody will make a song their own uh what really turned my head around on it was when the civil wars i do i call the civil wars did their version of michael jackson's billy jean mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. a good buddy of mine that was just in town recently does a ballad by chance the rapper and really? oh my gosh uh I'll, if i've got it i'll email it to you so you can hear it when isaac french comes on here later this year uh actually soon because he's from new york i'll see if we can get him to do that song he's got this incredibly powerful falsetto voice and it's not a rap song it's like a passionate love song from a rap song really very cool, cool. really wow, cool very yeah. cool i'd love to so, hear it so tell me about time goes so slowly because it's just flown by here with this interview well, I I have great inspiration. Um, um, I, uh, my wife Elizabeth um, has given me a lot of inspiration to write love songs, and I write a lot of mushy love songs. Yeah, and this happens to be one of them. Um, it's a, a a gentle lullaby um, that I wrote for her uh, one time when I was out on tour, and she wasn't able to come with to yeah. help, you know hawk the CDs and stuff. And uh, so time goes so slowly is uh, I couldn't wait to get back home to her. No kidding. How sweet. No, no and were, were you just missing her? So you grabbed a guitar or were you just missing her? So you grabbed a pen? No, uh, in the hotel room um, uh, with a guitar after a show, um, kicking back, relaxing. Uh, the song just came pouring out. Yeah. Yeah. When I hear stories like that, I I'm I always go to this mental image I have of a Kenny Rogers song, She Believes in Me. We've both done this. We've both played those gigs. We're playing till two or three o'clock in the morning. By the time you get home, you're still kind of jacked up because you had a good show and that was fun. And like, 
you know, I don't know what you'd like, I'll have a bourbon or something and, and just kind of kick back. And, uh, I pictured Kenny Rogers when he wrote that song, she believes in me doing just that, doing what I do. And that inspired me to do what I do, which is just sit back, pick up my guitar and just noodle around on stuff. And it helps calm me down, bring me down. Yeah, absolutely. You write this beautiful love song for your wife. (laughs) You amaze me. Stephen J. Schmidt is his name. Rochester, Minnesota is his town. And we're here on the music of America podcast with his last song. Time goes so slowly. Time goes so slowly Those last lonely hours Those last lonely hours Before we meet, we meet again My lifelong friend My love, my baby My own, my own My love, my baby, my own The road is so long Those last lonely miles Those last lonely miles Before we meet My lifelong friend My love, my baby My own, my own My love, my baby My own Long, long ago I had a dream And you are the vision that came We'll soon be together I'm coming home For what am I here But a man all alone without you Without you winds down our guest today Stephen J. Schmidt who just uh I I can't wait till you come to Missouri or Vermont so I can just sit back and hear stories man because you're just a fabulous songwriter fabulous musician fabulous storyteller you are the epitome of what I like to see when I go to house parties you know the uh what do they call the the private parties at a house there's a name for house them. concerts house concert that's it that's it yeah. i call them house parties because i had kids and there was a thing called house party but <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen, this is the last segment of the show we call this shameless self-promotion this is where you tell us 
how we can continue to support you and your music and your art and your craft. Well, first off, Tom, you've been very kind. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, I would invite uh, people to visit my website, which is stephenjschmidt.net, www.stephenjschmidt.net. Um, the J is a middle initial, so mm. it's not like a, a middle name. It's a middle initial. No, And it's at it. Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T. That's correct. Yep. And it's .net. Okay. Um, I couldn't get the .com. Uh, so it is .net. Um, uh, things that I've got coming up, um, uh, I'm hopeful that uh, I'm going to be a successful grantee and uh, be able to acquire some quality uh, uh, video production equipment. Oh, fun. So that I can uh, get my more of my catalog out uh, on uh, my YouTube channel from my West Channel Music Studio here and uh, be able to tell stories behind the song. So uh, that's a project that I hope to be working on. Um, I've got this new thing that I want to do called the French Slew Sessions. And uh, What's that? Um, well, the, the French Slough is one of these areas near where Witch of the Reeds is placed. And, I got gotcha. you. Uh, okay. There's this slough along the Mississippi River. Um, oh, it's a really beautiful area. And so uh, 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 I've got a, a number of songs that are primarily water-based and inspired by um, this part of southeastern Minnesota and west central Wisconsin, where I hang out a lot. And so I'll be working on that. Um, Would you consider I, yourself a water spirit? It seems like water comes up a lot with you. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, okay. It's just that uh, um, uh, I've been spending a lot of time along the Mississippi, and uh -huh. uh, uh, and so that's inspired my music a lot. Gotcha. Uh, uh, um, um, I'm, I'm playing open mics when I can, and uh -huh. uh, I, I take uh, the occasional gigs. Uh, when they're offered to me, uh, when the venue seems right. Um, and so I post all that stuff on my uh, website and uh, on my Facebook page. Um, hmm. And so uh, I invite people to just tune in and enjoy the music. Um, what will come out in 2024? Hopefully. Um, I heard there's, I heard a rumor about a song. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, um, that song, um, which is called uh, "Off to Take a Stand," um, which is a, a bit of a political has a little bit of a political overtone to it, mm -hmm. uh, will make its way at least onto my YouTube channel. I don't know if it'll end up on the next record. Um, um, I don't know about doing a next record, frankly. That was um, my next question. When will that be coming? And will it be in twenty-four also? Or... Um, you know, if I can start getting some uh, more gigs that make sense, where I might be able to sell a product, I uh, do it. Um, but you're not going to make money uh, on a CD. You're not going to make that money right. back. Um, and um, I, I don't need to do a CD for my own personal ego. That I've got another CD. Right. Uh, right. I got a thousand of them sitting right over here. <laughs> um, and so, um, um, uh, but we'll see, we'll see how things come together. Um, uh, I, I do want to get more of my catalog out on YouTube so that people who want to take the time um, to get into the music and to let the stories touch them, mm -hmm. Um, if they can take the time to put on their headphones and listen to the lyrics or to appreciate, wow, that's a really cool lick. Or what is that weird chord that he's playing? You know, <laughs> um, 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 I mean, that's that's where I'm going to find a lot of fulfillment. If I can touch people that way, reach them through um, um, electronic means, probably. Stephen, thank you. Thank you. And get your my age butt down to missouri and do some house concerts will you <laughs> hey, uh, send me booking information i'm available stephenjschmidt.net there we go stephenjschmidt.net and Stephen J. Schmidt, our guest today on the music of america podcast up next we're going to be in minneapolis and listen to the tire fires you've been listening to the music of america podcast if you like today's show please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, 
and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the music of America.